Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome everyone to Too Good To Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is mysteries of the Kennedy assassination. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose the subject and research it and based on that research we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We're only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time and history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of history, conspiracies, crime scene investigations, or any other subjects. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. 
First of all, without the listeners and help and encouragement from the professionals at the Exxon Broadcasting Network, there would not have been 100 episodes. I should have said this is our 100th episode. So a big thank you to all the listeners and to Rob McConnell and his staff. Yes, it's our 100th episode, as Dad mentioned. So thank you so much to the listeners. We would have not made it this far or be doing this show without you guys. So we really do appreciate it. But... What else we'll say is that this is a very exciting show about the mysteries of the Kennedy assassination. But why are we doing the mysteries of the Kennedy assassination, not the entire subject, Dad? The entire subject would take lots of shows. The story continues until today with the release of or otherwise of government files. Also, if it wasn't the lone gunman, Lee Harvey Oswald, who was responsible the implications for the United States and the rest of the world are far-reaching. You may recall the events of that day, but some of our listeners, me included, were not before, born before 1963. I was just a small kid when I saw the footage of the Kennedy's death, of Kennedy's death on the nine o'clock news. It was an incredible shock. Wikipedia explains the events. Quote. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the 35th president of the United States, was assassinated on November the 22nd, 1963 at 12.30 p.m. Central Standard Time in Dallas, Texas, while riding in a presidential motorcade through Dealey Plaza. Kennedy was riding with his wife Jacqueline, Texas Governor John Connolly, and Connolly's wife Nellie, when he was fatally shot by former U.S. Marine Lee Harvey Oswald, firing in ambush from a nearby building. Governor Colony was seriously wounded in the attack. The motorcade rushed to Parton Memorial Hospital, where President Kennedy was pronounced dead about 30 minutes after the shooting. Connolly recovered. Oswald was arrested by the Dallas Police Department 17 minutes, 70 minutes after the initial shooting. Oswald was charged under Texas state law with the murder of Kennedy, as well as that of Dallas policeman J.D. Tippett, had been fatally shot a time after the assassination. Sorry, that's a short time after the assassination. At 11.21 a.m., November 24, 1963, as live television cameras were covering his transfer from the city jail to the county jail, Oswald was fatally shot in the basement of Dallas Police Headquarters by Dallas nightclub operator Jack Ruby. Oswald was taken to Parkland Memorial Hospital, where he, died, where he soon died. Ruby was convicted of Oswald's murder that was later overturned on appeal, and Ruby died in prison in 1967 while awaiting a new trial, unquote. What did the investigation into Kennedy's murder determine? Here's more from Wikipedia. <clears throat> Excuse me. Quote, after a 10-month investigation, the Warren Commission concluded that Oswald assassinated Kennedy, that Oswald had acted entirely alone, and that Ruby had acted alone in killing Oswald. Kennedy was the eighth and most recent U.S. president to die in office and the fourth, following Lincoln, Garfield and McKinley, to be assassinated. Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson automatically assumed the presidency upon Kennedy's death. A later investigation, the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations, HCA, sorry, HSCA, agreed with the Warren Commission that the injuries that Kennedy and Connolly sustained were caused by Oswald's three rifle shots, but they also concluded that Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy. As an analysis of a dicta belt audio recording pointed to the existence of an additional gunshot and therefore a high probability that two gunmen fired at the president. The committee was not able to identify any individuals or groups involved with a possible conspiracy. In addition, the HSCA found that the original federal investigations were seriously flawed with respect to information sharing and the possibility of conspiracy. As recommended by the HSCA, the Dictabel evidence suggesting conspiracy was subsequently re-examined and rejected. It was determined that the Dictabel recorded different gunshots which were fired at another location in Dallas and at a different time which was not related to the assassination. In light of the investigative reports determining that reliable acoustic data do not support a conclusion that there was a second gunman, the U.S. Justice Department concluded active investigations and stated that no pervasive 
sorry, persuasive evidence can be identified to support the theory of a conspiracy in the assassination of President Kennedy. However, Kennedy's assassination is still the subject of widespread debate and has formed numerous conspiracy theories and alternative scenarios. Polls conducted from 1966 to 2004 found that up to 80% of Americans suspected that there was a plot or cover-up, unquote. The dictabelt belt recording arose from a motorcycle police officer's radio microphone being stuck in the open position, capturing sounds during the assassination. Looking at that day in Dallas, Texas, who were the babushka lady or the umbrella man? Why was police officer J.D. Tibbet shot and killed? Why was Lee Harvey Oswald's initial arrest for Tibbet's murder? The list of questions goes on and on. But let's start with why there were no Secret Service agents on or around the presidential limousine. That may not be much of a mystery, but it's significant to, to events that Kennedy's limousine was open-topped and not surrounded by Secret Service agents acting as a shield. Testimony from Secret Service agents at the Warren Commission included that Kennedy himself had ordered the Secret Service agents who were going to stand on the rear bumper of his limousine to join the other Secret Service agents in the car, following immediately behind. Kennedy wanted to be seen by the people and didn't want Secret Service agents blocking the view. The trip to Dallas was targeted at re-election in 1964. It had been raining. If, sorry, if it had been raining, the Lincoln limousine would have been fitted with a clear top or bubble, which according to the Ford Motor Company was not bulletproof, but merely intended to keep the occupants dry. Let's move on to the babushka lady who was close to the motorcade when the bullets were fired. She was also included in the Zapruder film described by Wikipedia. Quote, the Zapruder film is a silent 8mm color motion picture sequence shot by Abraham Zapruder with a Bell & Howell home movie camera as United States President John F. Kennedy's motorcade passed through Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas on November 22, 1963. Unexpectedly, it ended up capturing the president's assassination, unquote. How did the babushka lady get her name? Wikipedia provides an explanation, quote, the babushka lady is an unknown woman present during the 1963 assassination of President John F. Kennedy, who might have photographed the events that occurred in Dallas's Dealey Platz at the time President John F. Kennedy was shot. Her nickname arose from the headscarf she wore, which was similar to scarves worn by elderly Russian women. Babushka literally means grandmother or old woman in Russian. The babushka lady was seen to be holding a camera by eyewitnesses and was also seen in film accounts of the assassination. She was observed standing on the grass between Elm and Main Streets and is, a visual, and is visible in the Bruder film, as well as in the films of Orville Nix, Marie Muchmore and Mark Bell. 44 minutes and 47 seconds into the Bell film, even though the shooting had already taken place and most of the surrounding witnesses took cover, she could be seen still standing with, a, with the camera to her face. After the shooting, she crossed Elm Street and joined the crowd that went up the grassy knoll. She is last seen in photographs walking east on Elm Street. Neither she nor the film she may have taken have ever been positively identified. No known photograph with her in frame captured her face because all, in all cases she was either facing away from the camera or as in the case of the Zabruder film, had her face obscured by her own camera, unquote. There are blurry pictures on the internet of the babushka lady showing her face these pictures may or may not be real. Was she identified after the fact? Possibly. The Mental Floss website suggests that she may have been a male in disguise, but I think we'll have to talk about that when we return. Yes, we'll continue after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good To Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
Patty Conklin grew up in Brooktondale, New York with a unique ability. Unlike others, she could see how the vibration of words and emotions affected the physical body. She discovered how to release stored emotion and facilitate healing. This began today's Conklin method of cellular cleansing. The private practice grew with tremendous results, as did her reputation. More and more people sought her out, bringing her into the home for healing. She soon realized she could even teach this to others, and they could shift perception and thus prevent illness from occurring. Patty Conklin quickly became a frequent keynote speaker, and she developed a curriculum for teaching the Conklin method of cellular cleansing. For more information, visit pattyconklin.com. P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N, pattyconklin.com, or call 404-474-0086. That's 404-474-0086. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. And before the break, we were talking about the babushka lady. And dad, you were just about to quote from the Mental Floss website that she might have actually been a man, but in disguise. Can you please start with the quote? Sure. Quote, conspiracy theories involving babushka lady proliferate, with some theories holding more merit than others. Some say she was a Russian spy, an assassin holding a camera gun, a Secret Service agent, or a man dressed as an older woman. Her wide stance, for example, is seen in much Moore's film, could be viewed as a bit unusual for a woman in the 1960s, especially one dressed in a time-appropriate dress and trench. Because it had been raining earlier that morning, some women in Dili Plaza wore scarves on their heads, but the rain had stopped at 10 a.m., and since the shots weren't fired until 12.30 p.m., Babushka Lady wasn't wearing a scarf to shield herself from active rain. Perhaps she was holding binoculars rather than a camera, which would explain why her photographic or video footage has never been found. Because she never came forward to tell law enforcement what she saw, and like other spectators who witnessed the shots being fired, her identity and what she may know remains a mystery, unquote. Wikipedia includes a claim made by Beverly Oliver, a nightclub singer, who apparently knew Lee Harvey Oswald's assassin, Jack Ruby, that she was, in fact, the babushka lady. In blurry internet pictures, her Adam's apple, which is more prominent in males, is covered up. So was the babushka lady actually Beverly Oliver? Wikipedia includes her claims, which appear to be questionable. Quote, In 1970, a woman named Beverly Oliver told conspiracy researcher Gary Shaw at a church revival meeting in Joshua, Texas, that she was the babushka lady. 
Oliver stated that she filmed the assassination with a Super 8 film, Yashika, and she turned the undeveloped film over to two men who identified themselves to her as FBI agents. According to Oliver, she obtained no receipt from the men who told her that they would return the film to her within 10 days. She did not follow up with an inquiry. She reiterated her claims in the 1988 documentary, The Men Who Killed Kennedy. According to Vincent Bugliosi, Oliver has never proved to most people's satisfaction that she was in Dealey Plaza that day. Confronted with the fact that the Yashika Super 8 camera was not made until 1969, she stated that she received the experimental camera from her friend and was not even sure the manufacturer's name was on it. Unquote. Changing subjects, who is the umbrella man? Again, Wikipedia provides an explanation. Quote, a person properly dubbed the umbrella man has been the object of much speculation as he was the only person seen, seen carrying and opening an umbrella on that sunny day. He was also one of the closest bystanders to President John F. Kennedy when Kennedy was first struck by a bullet. As Kennedy's limousine approached, the man opened up and lifted the umbrella high above his head, then spun or, span, or, spun or panned the umbrella from east to west, clockwise, as the president passed by him. In the aftermath of the assassination, the umbrella man sat down on the, on the sidewalk next to another man before getting up and walking towards the Texas School Book Depository. Early speculation came from assassination researcher, researchers Josiah Thompson and Richard Sprague, who noticed the open umbrella in a series of photographs. Thompson and Sprague suggested that the umbrella man may have been acting as a signaler of some kind, opening up his umbrella to signal go ahead and then raising it to communicate for a second round to other gunmen. The Umbrella Man is depicted as performing such a role in Oliver Stone's film GFK and the X-Files episode Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man. Another theory proposed by Robert B. Cutler and endorsed by Colonel L. Fletcher Prouty is that the Umbrella may have been used to fire a dart with a paralyzing agent at Kennedy to immobilize his muscles and make him a sitting duck for an assassination. Unquote. That certainly involves a lot of speculation. Is there an alternate explanation? There is. Joseph Kennedy, JFK's father, was the United States ambassador to Britain, who resigned in 1940, having become extremely unpopular, being against offering aid to help the British war effort against Germany. The following explanation is provided by Wikipedia. Quote, After an appeal to the public by the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations, Louis Stephen Witt came forward in 1978 and claimed to be the Umbrella Man. He claimed still to have the umbrella and did not know he had been the subject of controversy. He said they brought the umbrella simply to heckle Kennedy, whose father, Joseph, had been a supporter of the Nazi appeasing British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain. By waving a black umbrella, Chamberlain's trademark fashion accessory, Witt said he was protesting the Kennedy family appeasing Adolf Hitler before World War II. An umbrella had been used in cartoons in the 1930s to symbolize such appeasement, and Chamberlain often carried an umbrella. Kennedy, who wrote on a thesis on appeasement while at Harvard, why, why England slept, might have, been, might have recognized the symbolism of the umbrella. Black umbrellas have been used in connection with protests against the president before. At the time of the construction of the Berlin Wall, a group of school children from Bonn sent the White House an umbrella labeled Chamberlain, unquote. I think we have to move on to the actions of former Marine and Marxist Leave Harvey Oswald, whose background is rather mysterious. I think more on Oswald's background is for another show. But his choice of weapon, a World War II bolt action rifle, doesn't seem logical. Wikipedia explains that he actually purchased two firearms, not just the rifle used in the assassination. Quote, in March 1963, Lee Harvey Oswald, using the alias H. Hiddell, purchased by mail order a 6.5x52mm Carcano Model 91-38 infantry rifle, described by the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy as a Manlicher Carcano with a telescopic sight. He also purchased a revolver from a different company by the same method. The Hidel alias was determined from multiple sources to be Oswald, unquote. 
the President's Commission was the official name for the Warren Commission. When was it announced that Kennedy was going to visit Dallas in the November of the same year? According to Wikipedia's timeline, it was decided after March of 1963. Quote, June the 5th, 1963, President Kennedy, Vice President Johnson and Governor Connolly together in a meeting in El Paso when they agreed to a second presidential visit to the state of Texas later that year. In 1978, Connolly testified to the House Select Committee on Assassinations that in the spring of 1962, Vice President Johnson told me that President Kennedy wanted to come to Texas. He wanted to come to Texas to raise some money, have some fundraising affairs over the state, unquote. But the rifle may have been used soon after its purchase, again from Wikipedia, quote, April 10th, 1963, someone fires a bullet that just misses retired General Edwin Walker. An advocate of far-right politics and strongly anti-communist. The police determined the shot came from a distance of less than 40 yards. The case remains unsolved in two weeks after the death of Lee Oswald, when Marina Oswald admitted to the FBI it may have been her husband who fired the shot. Unquote. Marina Oswald was Oswald's Russian-born wife. Why did you say that the Mandlicher Carnico rifle was an illogical choice? Was it a good weapon? The book Dead Wrong by Richard Belser and David Wayne, published in 2012, includes the following comments about the Manlicher Kokana. Quote, the site of the supposed murder weapon was not even aligned properly, meaning that the shooter would not have actually hit what had been lined up in the site. What, what, sorry, what had been lined up in the site. 6.5 millimeter Manlicher Kokana was a notoriously poor weapon, and we no doubt had been one of the last choices an assassin would have made. It was nicknamed the Peacemaker by Italian soldiers because if you fired it, what it was lined up in your sight, it was joked that you would never actually hit anyone. Much has been written about the absurdity of an assassin, even considering it as ludicrous a weapon choice as a 6.5 millimeter manlicher for an assassination attempt. Unquote. So it's a mystery why Oswald's weapon was not the best sniping rifle he could buy. But an associated mystery appears to be how many gunmen were actually involved. Yes, that is where the Warren Commission and the United States House Select Committee on Assassination are odds. Quote, again from Wikipedia, scientific acoustical evidence establishes a high probability that two gunmen fired at President John F. Kennedy. Other scientific evidence does not preclude the possibility of two gunmen firing at the president. Scientific evidence negates some specific conspiracy allegations, unquote. So how many shots were fired? The History Channel website includes the following, quote, according to the Warren Commission, Oswald fired three shots in 8.6 seconds. The first shot missed, the second shot struck Kennedy in the back, exiting through his throat and then hit Texas Governor John Connolly, breaking a rib, shattering his wrist and ending up in his right thigh, unquote. Could a marksman fire three shots in 8.6 seconds with that particular type of rifle? According to a London Telegraph, uh, London Daily Telegraph newspaper article from 2007, the answer is no. Quote, Lee Harvey Oswald could not have acted alone in assassinating President John F. Kennedy, according to a new study by Italian weapons experts on the type of rifle Oswald used in the shootings. In fresh tests of the Manlicher Kokarno bolt-action weapon, supervised by the Italian army, it was found to be impossible for even an accomplished marksman to fire the shots quickly enough. The article continues. Two of the bullets hit Kennedy were the first, the so-called magic bullet ridiculed by conspiracy theorists, also wounding the governor of Texas, John B. Colony, after it struck the president. But I think we'll have to continue after the break, Justine. Yes, you will continue after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474-0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404 404- 4740086 Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall is your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, Dad, you were quoting from the London Telegraph newspaper article. Could you please continue with your quote? Sure, I will. Thanks, Justina. In a further challenge to the official conclusions, the Italian team conducted two other tests at the former Cacarno factory in Turney, north of Rome, where the murder weapon was made in 1940. They fired bullets through two large pieces of meat in an attempt to simulate the assumed power of the magic bullet. In their test, the bullet was deformed, unlike the first bullet in the Kennedy assassination, which remained largely intact. The second bullet is thought to have missed its target. According to the commission, the third disintegrated when it hit Kennedy's head. The new research suggests, however, that this is incompatible with the fact that Oswald was only 80 yards away in a book depository when he fired. The Italian test suggests that the bullet fired from that distance would have emerged intact from Kennedy's head, implying that a third shot must have instead have come from a more distant location, unquote. So Oswald's rifle was manufactured as early as 1940, but what is the so-called magic bullet? The idea of the magic bullet or single bullet theory came largely from assistant counsel to the Warren Commission, Ireland Specter, later to become a senator. But apparently some, some eyewitnesses claimed that they had heard shots from the grassy knoll in front of Kennedy's limousine rather than from behind it, where Oswald was located on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository building. Other theories include an assassin or assassin shooting from the storm drain located on the north side of Elm Street, 
which was on the right being followed by the motorcade. The Zabruda film shows Kennedy's head moving backwards and to the left, suggesting that the fatal shot was from the front. We have time left to discuss the other fatality, police officer J.D. Tippett. What was the motive for his murder? Apparently there was no obvious motive. The following is from the Spartacus educational website. Quote, at 1.16 p.m., Tippett approached a man later identified as Lee Harvey Oswald walking along East 10th Street. Domingo Benavides later testified that after a short conversation, Oswald pulled out a handgun and fired four shots at Tippett. However, Aquila Clemens, who was sitting on a porch of a house close by, claimed that there were two men involved in the attack on Tippett. Another witness, Frank Wright, also claimed that Tippett was shot by two men. Another witness, Helen Markham, also saw the killing. However, she described the killer as being shorted somewhat on the heavy side, with slightly bushy hair. Later, Markham identified Oswald in a police lineup, but this was after she had seen his photograph on television. Warren Reynolds did not see the shooting, but saw the gunman running from the scene of the crime. He claimed that the man was not Oswald. After he survived an attempt to kill him, he, he changed his mind and identified Oswald as the man he had seen. Four cartridge cases were found lying on the ground in the scene of the murder. It would seem that the killer had opened the chamber of his gun and that manually ejected the cases. Instead of immediately fleeing the scene of the crime, he deliberately stopped and discarded four vital pieces of evidence that could have been used against him. The four cartridge cases were traced to Oswald's revolver, although they were never matched to the bullets." Unquote. Besides the accused perpetrator, is there any connection between Kennedy's assassination and Tippett's murder? Only that Tippett's colleagues referred to him as Jack or JFK, as he was a reasonably good lookalike. At 12.45 p.m., he was sent to Oak Cliff, the Oak Cliff's location rather than being called to Dealey Plaza. Kennedy was assassinated at 12.30 p.m. Tippett was murdered at 1.16 p.m. or soon after. Apparently, the distance between Tippett's location and Dealey Plaza was around seven or eight miles, a long distance to cover in about 45 minutes unless some, transport, unless some transportation was involved. 30 minutes later, Oswald was apprehended with a 38 caliber revolver at a nearby movie theater. I wonder how the police knew Oswald was in the movie theater and how they connected him to Tippett's murder in less than half an hour. I think we have only scratched the surface, but it's time to ask the first question. Even after almost six decades, why does the subject of the Kennedy assassination never seem to go away? Basically, since the information provided doesn't add up to a lot of people, and on top of that, since obviously Kennedy was a very famous figure, and with his assassination, it makes it seem very real that at any time, anyone can be assassinated. Why did a 2013 Gallup poll show that 30% of Americans believe that one man was involved, while 61% believe that there were others involved? Basically, it's just to a lot of people, it seems unlikely that one man could have assassinated someone with such security and such planning. It seems unlikely that one person would plan something so specific. Even with re-election in his mind, why did Kennedy insist on riding in an open-top limousine without Secret Service agents providing a shield, but he must have known that he and the First Lady were in danger at some level. He didn't think he was in that much danger, though. He wanted to seem more normal and not be surrounded completely by the Secret Service. The Zabruda film captures the assassination as the motorcade passes passed through Dealey Plaza. Is there any part of the available footage that has not been made public? Yes, there is. I'm thinking in particular of the film recording the number of the gunshot number of gunshots. Do we hear all the gunshots in the public version? No. Why was the babusha lady wearing a trench coat and a Russian looking headscarf when the weather conditions didn't suggest it was necessary? She liked to be more private. Was the babushka lady in disguise? No, she was not. Was the Bogushka lady holding a camera or was it something else? It was actually her handbag. Not a camera? No. 
Are there any parts of the overall Nick's Marie Muchmore or Mark Bell films that have not yet been made public? There's bits and pieces. Again, it's the number of gunshots that is critical. For the most part, yes. After the shooting, why did the Babushka lady cross Elm Street joining the crowd that went up the grassy knoll, later being seen walking east on Elm Street? Basically, she just had a plan where she was going. She was a normal bystander. Why did the Babushka lady appear not to want to have her her face seen? She didn't want the attention. In some pictures from the internet, which may or may not be real, why does the Babushka lady have her Adam's apple covered up? Because she was, you could say... She was not wanting to show her appearance, so she was trying to be more private for personal reasons. Was the Babushka lady actually nightclub singer Beverly Oliver, as she had claimed? Yes. Why did Oliver state that she filmed the assassination with a Super 8 Yashica camera, handing over the undeveloped film to two men who identified themselves to her as FBI agents? Basically, she made that up for a cover of what she was doing there. So she basically told a story. You said earlier she wasn't holding a camera, but in pictures it looks like a camera. So besides her handbag, what was she carrying? She was carrying an object that looked like a camera, but was not a camera. You could say she was more of a distraction, not the one taking the photos. What was the object that looked like like a camera? Basically, that was other technology. So technology that was recording, but not of the cameras of the day. When confronted with the fact that the Shika Super 8 camera was not made until 1969, did Beverly Oliver state that she received the experimental camera from her friend who was not sure the manufacturer's name was on it? Correct. What can you say about the identity of the Babushka lady? It was all of a distraction, so she was there to start some stories about the possible photographs and where they came from. She was more of putting attention on her rather than the other people around. Changing subject to the Umbrella Man, why was he carrying an umbrella on a sunny day? Was the umbrella a means of heckling Kennedy? You could say that, yes. Was the black umbrella intended as a protest against the Kennedy family supporting the Nazi-appeasing Prime Minister, British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain? Again, in a way, yes, that's true. As Kennedy's limousine approached, why did the umbrella man open up and lift the umbrella high above his head, then spin the umbrella as the president passed by him? Basically as a protest. Was the umbrella just an umbrella? Did it have another purpose? It was more advanced than an umbrella. It had another purpose. Can you say more about the purpose? It can also be used as a weapon if necessary. Was that something like a sword or something? Correct. Can you say any more about the Umbrella Man and his reason for being so such a close bystander during the assassination? Basically, he was there to take things into his own hands if he had a chance. He was not related to the actual assassination, but would harm Kennedy if he had the chance. So he was there for more than just a mere protest. He had a real grudge against Kennedy's father. Yes. Changing subject to former Marine and Marxist Lee Harvey Oswald, how could he be a communist and in the United States military? That's a complex question, but those were the cards that were dealt. So people looked past his communism and that group and let him in. In March of 1963, why did Lee Harvey Oswald, under the alias A. Hidel, purchase by mail order a Manlicher Carcano infantry rifle? At that point, he wanted it for protection. I don't think we got time for the next question. Maybe we should go into the break, Justine. Yes, we'll continue after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I dot net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not so secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hyde can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit iconquality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and psychic insight about all the questions surrounding the JFK assassination. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. Thanks, Justina. Why was the purchase made by Lee Harvey Oswald of the Magnitsha Karkana Infantry Rifle made before June of that year, the time when the decision was made to make the presidential visit to Texas? 
At that point, it was still for protection, so for a while his plan had nothing to do with Kennedy or any officials. Why did Lee Harvey Oswald, under the alias H. Adele, also purchase a revolver, but from a different mail-order company? Again, now collecting different guns as a means to feel powerful. On April 10, 1963, as stated as a possibility by his wife Marina, was Lee Harvey Oswald involved in the attempted shooting of anti-communist retired General Edwin Walker? Yes. What was his motivation? He just didn't like the guy, so there wasn't too much thought behind it. He just didn't like him. Why did Oswald, presumably using his manly chair Carcano rifle, miss from less than 40 yards? He got distracted, so he was not focused on his target like he should be and got distracted. For the Kennedy assassination, did the supposed murder weapon, Oswald's manager Carcano rifle, have its sights aligned properly? Yes. Was the manager Carcano rifle a notoriously poor weapon, being nicknamed as peacemaker by Italian soldiers? That could be said, yes. Why didn't Oswald purchase a better rifle, which would have been, which would have been more suitable for long-range accuracy? He didn't have that much money, so he chose the cheap option. Was the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations correct in concluding that there was a high probability that two gunmen fired at President John F. Kennedy? A hundred percent, yes. As disputed by the Italian investigation described in the Daily Telegraph article, is it possible for an accomplished marksman to fire three shots in 8.6 seconds without any accuracy with a bolt-action rifle? including a 1940 Manlicher It'd be a very rare situation, so it's something very rare to happen. Did the first shot miss? Yes. As described by the single, single bullet theory, did the second bullet strike Kennedy in the back, exiting through his throat and then hitting Texas Governor John Connolly, breaking a rib, shattering his wrist and ending up in his right thigh? That's correct, yes. Did the third bullet strike Kennedy's head, disintegrating on impact, traveling from a distance of 80 yards? It was actually a little bit closer, so approximately 65 yards, but yes, that is correct. How many shots were fired at Kennedy? In total, there was more than three, so there was six total. How many gunmen were involved in firing at Kennedy? Four. Were shots fired from the grassy knoll in front of Kennedy's limousine rather than, front, rather than from behind from Oswald's location on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository building? They were actually in four separate locations, so he was basically surrounded. Were shots fired from the storm drain located on the north side of Elm Street? That was one of the locations, yes. How many shots were fired by Oswald? One. Did that one miss? Yes. Did, as shown in the Zabruder film, Kennedy's head move backward and to the left, suggesting that a fatal shot was from the front rather from the rear? That is correct. Changing subject to the murder of police officer J.D. Tippett, how did Oswald travel from Dealey Plaza to Tippett's location, Oak Cliffs, a distance of around seven to eight miles in 45 minutes? He didn't. So, how did Oswald get to the movie theatre? There were two separate people who looked very alike, so there was not just one. Did, after a short conversation, an individual pull out a gun and fire four shots at Tippett? Yes. What did eyewitness Aquila Clemens, who was sitting on a porch of a house close by... Sorry, I'll start it again. Why did witness Aquila Clemens, who was sitting on a porch of a house close by claimed that there were two men involved in the attack on Tippett. Because there is actually two. Why did witness Frank Wright claim that Tippett was shot by two men? Again, it is correct. Why did witness Helen Markham describe the killer as being short and somewhat on the heavy side with slightly bushy hair? That was an accurate description. Since there were two different men, there will be two different descriptions. Why did Helen Markham identify Oswald in a police lineup after she'd seen his photograph on television? So it's very hard to identify people in a lineup. So it should be noted that in police lineups, it's most likely that people get people wrong and actually identify people they have previously seen. 
In some incidents of trauma, eyewitness accounts are not always accurate. Why did Warren, Re- Warren Reynolds, who, who did not see the shooting, claim that the gunman running from the scene of the crime was not Oswald? He was correct since one of the men was not Oswald, but then again, technically, both men were not him, since there was someone who looked like him, but was not him. Was there an attempt on Warren Re- Reynolds' life, prompting him to change his story to identify Oswald as the man he had seen? Yes. Why did the gunman manually eject four cartridge cases, leaving obvious physical evidence at the crime scene? They wanted it to be obvious, so they wanted it to be traced. Were the four cartridge cases traceable to Oswald's revolver? Yes. Why weren't the four cartridge cases matched to the four bullets? They weren't the same cartridges than the bullets, so they did come from two different places. Was Officer Tippett's resemblance to President Kennedy part of the motive for his murder? That was part of it, yes. Can you say more about the motive of killing Tippett? He also had information they did not want to release, so he had information from a pending police investigation. When the person believed to be Oswald was apprehended in a nearby movie theater, why did he have the incriminating evidence of a thirty-eight caliber revolver still on his person? Basically, that was all of a setup, so it was a setup so that the double would actually take the fall. How was the person believed to be Oswald connected to Tibbet's murder in less than half an hour? Basically, all the evidence led straight to him, so it was a pretty obvious connection, especially with the revolver. Where did Oswald go after Kennedy was assassinated? He was brought to a safe house of sorts, since his participation was rewarded, even though he was inaccurately firing. So who did Jack Ruby assassinate? Was it Oswald or the lookalike? The lookalike. So what happened to Lee Harvey Oswald? Basically, the real, if you want to call it that, the real one was protected, so the identity was used for the downfall and the blame. However, the real person was protected, so they needed an identity to take the blame for the situation and needed someone to be able to be identified as the shooter. Is there any more you, is there any more you can say about the babushka lady, the umbrella man, Officer Tippett, or any other aspect of the Kennedy assassination? It was well planned, so there was multiple people, multiple different organizations involved, and it was something that took not just that year, but many years of planning. So it was something in the works for a long time, and the biggest downfall was stealing someone's identity. So they needed an identity to take the fall of the plan, so that's when Oswald came into the plan. That was the last answer. In terms of calming the population, were the findings of the Warren Commission too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. I think in the Psychic Insight, there was a point of confusion. And one place, um, we're talking about the House Committee, uh, on uh, Special Committee on Assassinations, and based on the dicta belt recordings, that there were probably two shots that were fired. I think that was in the context of that recording, because later on, um, sorry, there were, I got that wrong. What I meant to say was that there were more than two shooters. Then later on, uh, it stated that there were four shooters. So I think it's in the question, it's in the context of the questions and that the answers are accurate. I think what's the most interesting about this Uh, situation and a lot of conspiracy theories is how many people actually believe in them. So I know that there's some stigma, I guess you could say, about conspiracy theories in general, but there's a large population of people who believe that JFK assassination was planned, there was multiple shooters, and it's actually quite common for people to believe in this type of stuff. I think the term conspiracy theorist arose out of the Kennedy assassination to kind of dismiss the uh, the non-believers, if you will, the non-believers in the Warren Commission findings. But um, I think I, I've i tried to keep any bias out of it. I, I, I hope that uh, people will listen, make up their own minds, do their own research. And um, to me, a bombshell was that there was a lookalike for uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. And... Um, Shocking after the Kennedy assassination was his, was the assassination of the supposedly Harvey Oswald 
by Jack Ruby, which was captured again live on TV and there's pictures all over the place over the internet. Uh, it was it was incredible at the time. Well, I think I'll take a moment just again to thank all the listeners. So again, we wouldn't be here today doing the show and we wouldn't have made it to episode 100 without your support. So as always, if you want to reach out to us, please go to our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first two spelled T-W-O or Instagram page at T-W-O-G-T-B-T. We are so thankful for each and every one of you and for your continued support. And I don't know if I'm going to say this, but I guess here's to another 100 episodes. So we look forward to next week's show.